All right. Hey, gang. Ross Brand here for StreamYard Connect. We're going to talk about brand identity today. How do you choose the colors you use on your broadcasts and the other elements that you bring in? We've got Dean Nimmin. If you've ever seen his channel, you've ever seen his streamer templates, you know that he is an awesome creator and very effective in using his branding in order to get his message across and draw attention to the great videos that he creates. So a good friend of the show. We're happy to have him here and we'll talk to D in just a few minutes. Let's start the show. Gang Ross Brand here for StreamYard Connect. Welcome to the show. We're here every Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern on the StreamYard YouTube channel and on the StreamYard Facebook page. It's great to have you with us. We're going to talk about brand identity today. We always approach StreamYard as a platform that's easy to use when you get started, that's quick to get your guests on, quick to set up, easy to bring your comments on, super stable, and of course, professional looking, and also a product that you can use with more advanced gear and more advanced tools that combine nicely with StreamYard. For example, I'm bringing my video in through an ATEM Mini Pro today. It's a hardware switcher. Um, I'm only using one camera, but I just like the quality of it better than when it comes in through a capture card, and I can use this cool fade to black thing. Uh, so uh, I'm using that today, but it's beautiful. It comes into StreamYard. I select it as my camera, and then I go about using all the other features that we love about StreamYard uh, and take advantage of those, which I wouldn't have if I was streaming directly from the hardware to YouTube or to Facebook. So we're going to go a little deeper today and look into how you make decisions about your brand and how you reflect those decisions in the choices you make of what appears on screen with you. In other words, how are you picking your brand identity? What colors are you using? What shapes? What messaging, what logos, what are you trying to accomplish as you brand your broadcasts? We'll get into that. I'm also excited to announce that we're not far away from our 50th episode. And again, I don't love to make big deals about this, but I heard from somebody that was a fairly regular uh, guest and friend when I, I was doing my live stream star show. And I heard from Leslie Nance, uh, who was a uh, Periscoper of the Year finalist and really did one of the great cooking, health-oriented live streams. And she had contacted me the other day and asked about uh, if I would speak to her private coaching group about StreamYard and about gear for live streaming. And, of course, I, I'm, I was thrilled to. And I said, you know, I know you don't do a lot of live stream anymore, but how about coming on the 50th episode of of StreamYard Connect and she, you know, she loves StreamYard and she wanted me to talk about StreamYard. So I'm I'm thrilled to announce in a few weeks we're going to have Leslie Nance on as uh our guest for 
the 50th episode, and she's got an amazing story, cancer survivor. That inspired her uh, and how she took control of her own recovery and her own health inspired her to start live streaming and start telling people about it and how she uses her kitchen to heal and to stay healthy and to fight off help other people fight off cancer and she had her show was called go to kitchens anyway from live streaming a daily show she's morphed into a, a really powerful private coaching business that she works uh, with people who've been diagnosed with cancer and it's a it's an amazing story it's an amazing story of how she used live streaming to build her her expertise build her community build a following and help a lot of people and now she's she's turned that into uh, really a thriving business uh, but she's got a beautiful personal story uh, that goes with it and I'm I'm thrilled to have her on the show um, we've got some other great guests coming up in the next few weeks as well. So uh, if you're just new to StreamYard, again, uh, we always talk about, we always open with the three pillars, and I, I do want to uh, mention those three pillars, ease of use, stability, and professional-looking streams. And you know you can go live and you can multi-stream with StreamYard. The destination's built-in integration includes Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live, Periscope, which gets you onto Twitter, and of course your Twitch channel. And if that isn't enough, we also offer RTMP, so you can go to any destination that accepts RTMP. I use the RTMP to go live on Amazon Live instead of just going live from my mobile app. I connect StreamYard first, and then I have the ability to screen share and take advantage of all the different features of StreamYard. So if you're not yet using StreamYard, you can go live with StreamYard, livestreamuniverse.com slash StreamYard, livestreamuniverse.com slash StreamYard. And we told you about it last week that it was coming. Stereo audio is here. This is a feature that musicians are going to love. And in the town hall on Sunday night, CEO Gage Vandentop explained stereo audio. We now have uh, stereo audio, which I know was really important to mostly the musical community who um, you know wanted to create uh, interesting effect of having different instruments in different locations, and I'm sure there's other use cases uh, as, as well. But you'll now see, I have an image for you guys. You'll now see an option. Uh, let me just find it here. In the, in the settings, in your audio settings, to uh, check stereo audio, which will uh, give you the ability to, um, you know, if you, you, you probably, if you're using that setting, you probably have an audio mixer or something like that and a setup that makes it easy to control which direction the audio is coming from. But yeah, hopefully that's a welcome change. Let us know how many of you out there are musicians and will actually use the, the feature. Uh, the feature would be curious to, to hear. So I'm not using the stereo audio at the moment. This is basically a talk show other than that little music bed I've got under the videos. But if you're using... Stereo audio. If you've used that feature on StreamYard, let let us know. I'd love to know if you're using it and what your experience has been like so far. Again, our guest today is Dean Nim, and I mention that because we love what he does with mobile video and graphics and 
he's a great teacher too of of how to use video, how to grow your YouTube ja- channel, how to live stream. You may know that he also has a brother. I don't know if you've heard of Nick Nimmin, uh, but he did his first live stream for StreamYard on the StreamYard channel yesterday, and he went down ten tips that uh, or ten items that you should know if you're live streaming to YouTube, because there's some unique things about live streaming to YouTube and really great presentation. And he also got a question that focused on an area after the live stream that a lot of people have have asked. And so I thought it's a brief answer, but I thought I would play it here. If you go in and you cut the live stream, right? If you go in through and you use YouTube, YouTube's editor. So basically you have the live stream replay and then you go into YouTube's editor and you start cutting there. Um, once you save that, that's where the, that's where you lose the chat. Yeah. So the, the idea is when you finish your live stream, you can, you can edit out, say the beginning, the waiting period where you're getting ready to go live, you're playing your intro music or what have you, you could cut that so that it starts right where you go live, where you come on screen, so that the people watching on the replay don't have to wait at all. The downside is if you use that feature, that live chat will no longer show the live chat that was available during the show, during the live broadcast, will no longer appear during the replay. So uh, Nick Nimmin's live stream from yesterday is available on the StreamYard YouTube channel, and Nick will be going live the last Tuesday of the month, every month. So keep keep an eye out for those live streams as well as live streams from all our other creators. And with that, let's get to some uh, industry news real quick. Let's hit a couple of headlines. But before we do that, I want to thank Jesse Guthrie, who uh, offered to work with us before this season started. And each week he is adding little elements and different elements to uh, the look of the broadcast. And we appreciate Jesse's work as we continue to evolve the look and feel of StreamYard Connect. You can check out Jesse at StreamSenseMedia.com. Thank you for all your contributions to the show, Jesse. We appreciate it. Now, to the industry news. I'm just going to hit some headlines here. Website called Benzinga. Uh, mention, or I'm actually just going to read this headline because it was too powerful. The future of medicine is in live streaming. The article actually goes into the power of AI and augmented reality and how that's all going to become a big part of medicine going forward. And one of the ways or the key way that that type of doctor-patient interaction will be occurring will be through live streaming, but you're already seeing with COVID a lot of doctor-patient interactions and appointments taking place online with live video, and that's a a trend that's just going to keep going. Also, uh, CoreSight is projecting that live streaming e-commerce will reach $25 billion in uh, 2023 or by 2023. That's from Sourcing Journal. Uh, obviously, we've talked about it a, a lot in past shows, how so many businesses have turned to live streaming as a lifeline, 
and it's saved basically saved their business as they haven't been able to have a lot of customers come into the store. It's a it's a way that they can show off their products and services and sell them online. The the common theme among all these articles is that this is going to continue even if we go back to the way things were and nobody's necessarily saying we're ever going to go back to the way things exactly were because that's not how it works. But even as society opens up and, and so forth, there's going to continue to be an emphasis on live streaming as one of the major marketing tools that people are using because their businesses are seeing the effectiveness of it, but also all, all the elements were in place already. The bandwidth, the tools, um, the channels to distribute, everything is was in place and was heading in that, that upward direction anyway as... Um, an article that I read a few weeks ago mentioned the COVID's kind of been the accelerator, but or the accelerant, but it ha- isn't the cause of the interest in live streaming. Things were moving that way anyway. Now it's just moving that way faster. Also, Spotify is offering a cloud-based podcast creation tool. Uh, as one of the different things they're doing is they put $500 million into podcasting because they see podcasting as their major avenue of growth and they want to really take over podcasting. And this is from an article in the Financial Times. And and basically what, what, is, what they're doing is they're changing the game of podcasting because podcasts were always delivered via RSS feeds and then measured in downloads. Spotify is a streaming service. So when you listen to a podcast, you're getting the streamed audio just like if you're listening to music on Spotify. So it's a different delivery form, and if people are creating it in their cloud-based tool, then they're creating that content essentially for Spotify and to be streamed. So it's another play on Spotify's behalf and you know in addition to the high profile things like signing joe rogan to a hundred million dollar contract choosing some podcasters to be part of launching their video podcasting outreach and just a whole bunch of different moves purchasing anchor and gimlet media uh spotify continues to challenge apple for dominance although some would say that apple still holds an advantage and that there's a lot of hype with Spotify. I'm not saying that. I'm just giving a a counter argument that might not be brought up in a lot of these articles about Spotify. So with that, let's bring on our guest. Uh, Dean Nimmin is here and he is, there he is, our good friend Dean Nimmin, good friend of the show, and let's uh, let's bring him on up in here. Dean Nimmin is here, StreamYard creator. He's part of the StreamYard team. He's, uh, of course, tremendous mobile video expert, all things mobile video creation and managing your mobile video channel, managing a YouTube channel through mobile tools, apps, everything you need, lighting, gear, uh, you can find it at dnimmin.com. Takes you right to his YouTube channel. 
and he's got these beautiful streamer templates that he's created and he's offering to the StreamYard community. If you'd like to check those out, livestreamuniverse.com slash templates. Uh, we're going to get into that in just a minute. But, D, welcome back to the show. It's great to have you. Hey, Ross, that was an amazing introduction. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, it's a lot that to live great. up to now, no? Yeah. How are you doing? Are I'm you doing? doing great. Um, I'm having a great time. Anytime I go live is a good time. Right? Uh, let's I, talk. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's talk about Joe Rogan's crazy new set that looks like he's in a microwave. What is going on there? I don't know. I, I, it's like you would think that what he was doing before wasn't working. Or That's the most bizarre set. The white balance is off. It's, uh, it's, it's weird. For the amount yeah. of money that he got, you would think that he would hire somebody to come in and get his set together. Yeah, I mean, and, and the simplicity of the other set really was yeah. working for him, right? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of sets, I love your uh, your background. I mean, like, you're well lit, but behind you, you sort of have the feel of it being a little bit dark, and then you've got, I don't know if you've got an accent light. Tell us a little yeah. bit about what you've got going on there behind you. Um, this is a three-light setup that we're working with. I okay. have a key light, which is a portable uh, portable little LED light that rolls up. It's by a company called Falcon Eyes. I talk about this in the video that I made about lighting for StreamYard. I have a tiny little LED light over to the side, this side over here, giving me just a little bit of warmth on the side. And behind me, I just have a little aperture RGB light that's just putting up some blue on the wall. And I can change the color uh, of that with my phone as an app. And you can change the color. It gives a real cinematic feel. You know, yeah. when you think about video, a lot of times everything's really well lit in a, you know, you look at a video, a show that was done on video, then you look at a show that was either done on film or has a film kind of look, mm -hmm. and it has that cinematic feel where it's dark, it feels darker, and the, 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 the focus, which is you, obviously, if, if it's a talk show and you're on camera, you the focus is brighter and it just, there's such a beautiful separation between you and the, and the background. Oh, thank you. I, I, I really like dark sets. That's kind of my thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, vibe. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about brand identity. What are some of the elements when you, so let's say you have a client comes to you and they say, you know, I want to have a certain, I, I want my look on, on, on screen when I'm on, on camera, when I'm doing a thumbnail, I want this all to look a certain way. What are the elements that you talk to them about so that they can translate their brand or what their ideas are of who they are into a look and, and feel that kind of matches that? Well, that's exactly what I'm going through right now because one of the things that we offer on the Streamer Templates website is fully customized templates. So you can have something built completely scratch from scratch that's uniquely yours, right? It's, it's exclusively yours. So when someone orders that, I have a questionnaire that I give them and I collect things like I want to know, do you have a logo? What does your logo look like? Does your current brand have fonts that you use? Because fonts are really important. Um, the one thing about fonts, and I see a lot of people making this mistake when they're putting, and let, let's just focus on live streaming for, for okay. this. Um, I see a lot of people making their own templates and you look at their you look at the, the overlays and the backgrounds that they're making, and they've just got lots of different types of fonts. 
And fonts have different personalities. And they'll mix these fonts up. And it might, if you don't know what you're doing when you're making it, it might, you might think it's okay. Right. But in terms of how you're representing yourself, how you're representing your brand, um, you know, people are using like cartoon fonts mixed with <laughs> fonts that are very business-like. Um, so yeah, get your fonts together because fonts are, fonts are very important. So I ask them, do you have fonts that you use? Mm -hmm. um, I ask them, do you have a color swatch? A color swatch would be four or five or six colors that you're currently using with your brand. You might use them in your LinkedIn header or your Facebook header or your business cards or your brochures or in your marketing, right? You have your, your color choices. And I ask things as well as like, um, do you have any illustrations? Do you have any avatars? Do you have, uh, what is your tone? You know, how do you communicate? What is your tone? Right. Uh, you want something custom made for you. Is your tone more business-like? Are you an attorney? Or do you have a, a, a kid's channel? Do you work? You, you know what I mean? Like, what is the tone? How do you communicate? So those are some things that I ask as well. And, and I also ask them, do they have any marketing? Do you have any advertisements that you've used that you can show me? So I try to get an overall feel of um, what you're working with currently. What is your brand currently? What does it look like? How have you put yourself out there to the world? And then I craft that custom template to match their existing brand. So those, right. those, are, the, those are the things that I go through. So what do different what are some different fonts uh whether it's the name or it's the look of them how do you start choosing fonts because i, I mean i will off, often through the years will just be like oh this looks nice and this looks nice with this and oh i can put this all in bold and now it looks like a different font and good enough right so how do you know what kind of fonts you should be looking at or where to start because it's overwhelming when you use any of the uh, any of the graphic design tools that are out there. Yeah, the, the font choice out there is overwhelming. Uh, the first thing you want to do, though, when you're selecting a font, is look to see if the font is available for free and if it's for commercial use. So let's say you want to resell something, or let's say you're going to package something up and resell it you wanna make sure that the font that you're using is available for commercial use. A lot of people don't know that that's a thing. Just because uh, there's a lot of websites, you can download the fonts, but you have to pay attention. Some of them are not for commercial use. Right. So you wanna make sure you don't get in trouble there. So the first thing I wanna look at is can I use this font if it's a free font for commercial use? And Google Fonts, has a they have a ton of fonts that you can use there. The next thing that I'm looking at is how easy the font is to read when it's on a mobile device. So if you're live streaming, for example, and you have lower thirds coming up on the stream, uh, you have your logo, you have some text, the last thing you want to do is put really skinny or fancy fonts with a lot of cursive or a font that's difficult to read. Keep it simple. Dude, let me jump bold. in here real yeah. quick. Your brother's saying you need to bump up your audio a little bit, I believe. Am I a little bit low? How about that? That sounds good. All righty. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> right, but if you're putting graphics on this on the screen, you want to make sure that you can read them on a mobile device. So many people are watching live streams and consuming video content from a mobile device. So when you have a phone and you're looking at it, well, it might look great on a desktop. You might have your website or your name in a lower third somewhere down on the screen. Like up here in the top, you've got the StreamYard Connect. Right. Right, the text up there. You want to make sure that that's really easy to read on a mobile device. So font choice is uh, very important. Yeah. So, and, and how much text? Because certainly um, somebody gets one of the templates, right? Mm -hmm. And 
there's spaces and suggestions, right? You have certain spaces laid out where you can add text, but obviously somebody could add text on their own and choose to put it elsewhere. They do um, that, yeah. How, how <laughs> much text is too much? I mean, I know this depends on a whole wide variety of things, but what is your recommendation as somebody's customizing a template? Do they go ahead and, and, and add a little bit more text if it helps, or should they be very leery of, of adding more text because it'll maybe throw out of balance what, you, what you've created? Oh, we do have places for them to add text on top, on the bottom, lower thirds, under the names mm -hmm. uh, for social media handles. I would advise don't make it too wordy. Right. right. Just like when you're when you're going live or when you're recording video content, you want to trim the fat out of what it is that you're doing. You want to remove the ums, the ahs, the likes, and all the things that can stop you from getting your message across clearly. And the same thing applies when it comes to text. Right. As few words as possible and, right. and put them on the template. Same same applies for thumbnails too, I imagine. Oh, even more so for thumbnails. <laughs> right. Yeah. The thumbnails, just a couple of words. So now when you look at color, um, all your templates are come with a color theme right out of the box, but you have a bunch of suggested colors that, that will come up within Photopea, but then you also have the ability to override that and basically pick anything on the RGB is it RBG, RGB? I don't know. The Spectrum, right? So how, how does somebody go about deciding, okay, the color out of the box isn't the one that I'm going to use. How do I decide as I customize a template, what is the right color for my brand? Do, do the colors represent things that I should be conscious of? Because maybe I'm not conscious of them, but somebody else might be conscious of what message a color is sending. How do, how do you go about navigating that? That's a great question. The first thing you should do is have a look at your social media platforms th that you're on currently. What does your Facebook header look like? What does your Instagram header look like? What is your, I mean, your uh, LinkedIn header? What does your Twitter header look like? What do your business cards look like? What does your website look like? What does your marketing look like? Right? Try to find your colors there. What fonts are you using? Back to fonts again. Then when you download one of the templates, you can adjust the colors. You can change the fonts to match what it is that you're currently using. Now, in terms of color, there's a ton about color science. So you can hop on Google and go down a black hole on that to figure out all about color science. So if you don't have an existing color scheme yet, if you don't have um, a color for your brand or a color swatch for your brand, and you're just starting out and you're wanting to download one of these templates or you want to make your own, go down that rabbit hole, learn about color science, and pick a color swatch that represents you and, and the vibe that you want to put out to the world. Right, right. Yeah. Can you give us some a few basic examples maybe of what to look for or what not to do depending on the kind of brand you have or business you have? Okay, sure. Um, let's just play a game with that. Okay. Let's say you have a spa. Okay. A wellness center. <laughs> so right? you want so really loud, disruptive, <clears throat> disturbing, stressful <clears throat> colors. Right. So right? everybody in the chat right now and everybody watching on the replay <laughs> – when you think of wellness, when you think of a spa, what color do you think of? It's probably not bright red. It's probably <laughs> not bright orange. It's probably not bright yellow. It's probably more tranquil colors. It's probably more natural colors like right. greens and dark blues and um, maybe even dark browns and beiges and that sort of thing, right? You go right. into fast food restaurants, what do you have? 
you have colors that are generally going to rush you out of there. So you're going to have things like yellow and bright orange and bright red, right? So your mustard yellow and your ketchup red. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or maybe, you know, like because I like to have a darker set, uh, when I go live, I like to use uh, colors that have a, a darker feel to them. Mm. Now, yeah. when I used uh, the template on my live stream deals show, I used the Edge, which is a, mm-hmm. a really beautiful design and very that's, flexible. And that's I have the top selling. That's the top selling. Oh wow! So yeah. that's that's the one. And I saw somebody in the chat earlier. I, I forget who. I wish I had the name on the tip of my tongue, but mentioned <laughs> using the Edge as, as mm. well. Mm. Um, and you've chosen to put shapes on on one side, leading <laughs> into the really leading into the host if you're on a two two up kind of picture talk about the decision to use shapes and um how you should think about a template maybe that has certain designs versus one that's uh maybe more like a newsy cleaner kind of background like what how do you how do you decide kind of what to work with within the that that type of a template Another great question. Ross is bringing all the great questions today. (laughs) (laughs) It comes down to personal choice. If you have a a presenter style live stream, Mm -hmm. then something like the reporter is going to make more sense because it's set up to look like a news reporter. And of course, you can go in and change the colors. You can adjust things and move things how you want. But if you're doing a a, a more fun hangout or something after hours and you want something darker maybe you could use something like super chunk right it has the dark purples and the dark black Um, but one thing to keep in mind let's say you do have an existing look and we we already have people doing this and we're we're assisting them in in making this transition so some people might have a youtube header that's already made and they have a facebook header and they have a linkedin header and they really like the look of some of our templates so what they're doing is because when we do when you download the templates we give you uh, in addition to everything to go live with, we give you a background, which is nothing but the actual pattern itself for the background. So people are incorporating that background now into their YouTube template, into their Facebook header, into their LinkedIn header. So everything is matching across all of the platforms. Are you getting people sending you uh, screenshots and so forth of what they've designed with it, you know, or what they how they've customized? Not screenshots, but they're sending me links to their shows, which, oh, is okay. ama- which is amazing because I love some people are really thinking out of the box on this because the way I build things up in the PSD file uh, is, is layers. And you can customize this. You can add your own text. You can put logos on it. And some people are taking the background, for example, and they're flipping it and distorting it and putting glitches on it and put, or put, putting television lines on it. Some, people, <laughs> some really creative stuff is happening. And what's I the what's the wild? I, I was leading up to asking what's the wildest alteration that somebody's made that you never would have predicted. <laughs> um, one of them that looks like it's in a broken television. It, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I would I actually had I known we were gonna get to go there, I would have taken some screenshots to share them. But it, it was it's pretty neat. Next time, next time yeah. we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great that's a great idea for any kind of show. That that would be really cool to see what everybody's doing with it. But We'll, yeah. we'll have you back like maybe uh, five, six months, and we will have like a whole library of what people uh, yeah, are that, doing. That would uh, be fun, actually, yeah. And you can check out the uh, streamer templates that decreated created at LivestreamUniverse.com slash templates, LivestreamUniverse.com slash templates. 
what are some other elements that people should consider as they're going about customizing the look and feel of their broadcast? Um, certainly within your set, we've talked about that, but in terms of the elements that they're adding to an overlay or a background, what are some other considerations that, that they should consider, which is what you do with considerations? No, that's another great question. So know why you're going live in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going live, and I know you, let's say you have something to sell, you have a product, right? So color, so let's say you have certain text on your theme. So right now, we're, I'm looking at your theme here uh, that you're using. You have the blue circles, you have the duck up top and the stream there connect. If you had something that you're really trying to drive attention to, you might have a bold line of text down here in the middle somewhere, and maybe that text is yellow with a hmm. dark blue background behind it. And by using a contrasting color, that yellow on top of blue, your eyes are going to drop right down to it. Right. So be careful with color to make sure that you drive eyes to the things that you want to see. It is possible to make your theme too busy and that can actually take away from the show itself. It can take away from the presenters and the people having the conversation. But if there is something you want to draw attention to, you can use contrasting colors to drive eyes right to it. You can also use shapes, like how you mentioned before with the edge, the shapes kind of pull your eye right to the presenter. Right. Right. So you can use shapes to do that as well. You want to lead the eyes around the screen and you can do that with shapes and with contrasting color. Great. Great. That's great to know. Um, mm -hmm. Let's let's talk a little bit about thumbnails because that's such an important element of getting people to watch your content. I, I mean, yes. that and the title are the two pieces of information that most people see before they click. Um, how closely should the colors and the style of your thumbnail match the look and feel of your broadcast, or can it be totally different because the purpose of that thumbnail isn't to really be the the forward step of your brand, but it's to just get that click and then they can meet your brand inside your video. Where do you kind of fall on that 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 discussion, so to speak? Uh, first of all, it's a creative choice. Mm -hmm. It's a creative choice. And I will approach thumbnails differently. If it's a thumbnail for a video, I'm going to approach it differently than I would a live stream. If it's for a live stream, the majority of the people who are going to come into my live stream are going to be our current subscribers to my channel. Right. So I'm not really relying on that thumbnail so much to bring people in. YouTube will give it a boost. You will see that mm -hmm. up front, but I'm not really relying on that to bring new viewers into my stream. For a video, what I'll usually do is I'll try something that is on point with the brand that I currently have, the look that I have across all of my other thumbnails. But if I use that thumbnail and I go into YouTube Studio, and I look at the real-time click-through rate of the thumbnail to tell me how it, people are responding to the thumbnail. If it's not responding well, I'll start changing colors. I might change the thumbnail up completely, so it might not even look like something that I normally have, because at the end of the day, I need people to click on that thumbnail. So anytime you go over to my channel and you say, well, that thumbnail doesn't look quite like the other ones, it's because my original thumbnail didn't perform that well, because topic... Mm -hmm. can't make a difference and so can the type of traffic that you're getting on youtube that can change how people react to your thumbnails do you think about the playlist that that video is going in and then like some people try and have a certain style 
or certain colors for each playlist that they're planning to feature on the front, the home page of their channel. And I, I guess the drawback of that is depending on what performs well, you're, you should be changing what probably what you feature on that homepage over time. So you can't just design for a couple of, uh, of, of, um, playlists, but what are your thoughts in terms of any kind of distinctions between playlist or between topic that you cover within your niche? I don't currently do that, but I appreciate channels who do because I love the aesthetics of it. I, I love going to someone's homepage and seeing the playlist perfectly, you know, broken down and color coded. But at the end of the day, how are they performing? That's what it comes down to. If you can do that and they can still be, it can still be a high performing playlist and the videos are high performing videos, absolutely do it. I love the aesthetics of it. It's just not something I've done on my channel yet. Right, right. Yet. <laughs> and then is there like three words, five words? Like, is there a number of words that you should use and no more? Is there, is there a dead stop where like, if you see more than that, you know that they're not gonna they're not gonna succeed with that video, or it's not that ironclad. I would go with as few as as few of words as possible because you have to keep in mind people are scrolling, and these days most people are looking from on a mobile device, so they're scrolling, and you have milliseconds to get their attention with the thumbnail, and for them to understand what's going on. So I would use as few as words as possible, and this is again contrasting colors. So you can use um, specific keywords within your text and add color to them. Nick's thumbnail over on your channel, on the StreamYard channel, is a fantastic example of that. Not too many words, and he used, I believe, yellow to add an accent to draw attention to uh, specific words. Great use okay. of that. Okay, I'm going to play... Uh, I'm going to kind of play guinea pig here because rather than put somebody else on the spot, let me bring up my channel... And you can kind of use my thumbnails as an example of what you like and what you don't like. And then let me see if I can, uh, I can zoom in on this. Um, a bit. Okay. So there we go. So, um, are you able to see that? Okay. Or do you need, should I make, um, you, make them bigger? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm okay. I'll see if I make it zoom in a little bit more. Okay, there we go. That's okay. probably better. Okay, so this is the style I had been using for a few years. Okay. And I'm not using so much anymore. Okay. Um, what do you like about it? What do you not like about it? What I like about it is I love the contrast. You have the dark blue background, which is mm -hmm. great. And then you have the white text background with the black text on top of it. I think it's a great use of contrast there. So that's what I like. I also love that you're putting yourself and you're putting your guest in the image. That's fantastic. What I don't like about it, uh, I don't like that the names, uh, your name and the guest name, those are very small. Right. And I don't like that there are, for example, using the third-party app reviews, I don't like that you actually have the apps in there as well, plus the small text, plus the large text, right. plus the video icon. For me, um, I would say that's, that's too much. Too much going on there. I think so, yeah. I think your new thumbnail style, uh, for me, is a lot better. Now, this is my opinion. What matters is how are they performing. Right, right. What is the click-through rate on these? Now, I don't know that off the top of my head. 
Um, but you see where your eyes go here. But right? the StreamYard videos have always, and then and it's because of the topic probably more, it's because people love StreamYard, but those videos yes. have always been really high performers. Yes. So the question then becomes, if you tweaked your thumbnail, could their performance be even better? Right? Mm. That's the question. Instead of having 22,000 views, what if it was a better thumbnail and you could get 50,000 views? That's that's the thing we always wrestle with as, as you right right. <laughs> now this is the style that I've used yeah. for uh, Streamyard Connect since we started using uh, having Streamyard Connect on the Streamyard YouTube channel, and I needed a, a thumbnail for it. Yes, I I like that a lot better. My eyes go straight to the center. Podcast for profit, live video cameras. I think that looks fantastic. I love that you're putting yourself in there. You've got your guest cutouts. Um, StreamYard Connect, look, Connect looks great at the top. However, the small text under StreamYard mm. Connect, I don't know what it says. And I would probably remove the social media icons above the guest's uh, head. Okay. So, and, I, and I might even enlarge the guest name as well down at the bottom a little bit. Oh, okay. But again, I'm looking at this on a condensed screen. Right, right. But keep in mind, people are looking at this on their phone as well. So I would have to look at it. But I think phone. this is helpful to to people um, who are considering. So here's one with you and and your brother, that guy, the other, yeah, guy. that other that other Nimmin. Um. Yeah, <laughs> we're like we're like thing one and thing two from Doctor Seuss. <laughs> Now I'm wondering if your if your names aren't big enough on there or the the text there isn't big enough. I don't know if you like this style or don't like the style. What what you would recommend on on these? What I would probably do because the the topic is how to grow on YouTube. I would remove I would have removed your logo or made it really small and I would put grow on YouTube really big. Like that would be my anchor text, grow right. on YouTube. Because that's a trigger that people are looking for, right? How do I grow on YouTube? How do I grow fast on YouTube? That sort of thing. Grow on YouTube. Bam. Real big and bold. Uh, there's the two like of us. Like across the top or? I, just as big as you can get mm -hmm. it. Like as soon as my eyes hit that thumbnail, grow on YouTube. And, and do then, that with and, all the titles that are attractions, so, so to speak, where the topic is the attraction. Right, I mean, you right. guys, you guys picture is obviously what gets people to show up. Nick's but, picture. Nick's yeah, I don't Nick. know what I'm doing back there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm jacked up on caffeine or something. I don't know. What I think that was a picture. <laughs> I think you guys were at Vid Summit when this was taken. I don't know. I like the picture, so I, I went with it. That's I probably great. could have asked you guys what you wanted on the thumbnail. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I've tried that similar style for gear. So I, I assume you would say the same, the same thing, or what kind of? I would, like those. You like these? I like those. I would enlarge the gear, like live use solo. Mm -hmm. I would enlarge that a little bit more and maybe even make it yellow, right? Contrasting colors. Make those colors just stand out. Pop. Wow. Make, live use make solo. like That's the live use solo yellow. Right. So the name of the gear, mm -hmm. I would make it larger and make that yellow. And do you like the gear sort of off to the side or would you like the gear to sort of dominate and me to disappear or me to be... Well, Think of it this way. Reverse engineer why people go to YouTube in the first place. Right. Right. Unless someone is specifically looking for you or specifically mm -hmm. looking for me, then we're not as important as what it is that the video is about. So right. if, right. You're, if you have a video talking about the live you solo, 
I would put heavy focus on live you solo. And I apologize. There's a truck driving by selling. Oh. They're selling tacos or tamales or something. So can, can you grab me one? I, I, yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm going to mute this. <laughs> okay. And the last, the last grouping I'll, I'll show you is uh, for my live stream deals show, which is interviews with, um, people who have a product or a service or a company that they're recommending that's in the live streaming podcast and content creation space. Mm -hmm. um, love the color choice there. What I would do, see the small text underneath live stream deals? Right. Can't read it. Okay. I can't read it. Um, I, I, I love the name live stream deals. Hmm. So I would, I would make sure that that's not cluttered around anything else. Right. Simplify that. Um, there's some sort of a yellow box before live stream deals with a black text in it. Mm -hmm. I can't read that text. Okay. Um, but I do love, I do love how you have the bold, you know, switch your studio live guests. Right, right. Um, mix pre three best audio for creators. That's in terms of sizing. That's, mm -hmm. that's the sort of thing I would run for. Keep it that run size. with, run with. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you think the company logo should go there or the product or do you think that just clutters it? This is where you would get into testing, and it would be right. great to use something like TubeBuddy. In their legend package, they have A-B testing. So you could make the exact same thumbnail, mm -hmm. and you could put one version that has a face in it and another version that has the product in it. And it will run a test for a series of days, seven days, 14 days, whatever you set it, and then it will tell you which thumbnail performs better. Right, right. Yeah, so I, I would do something like that. Cool, cool. Um, I would also change uh, test colors. Test colors, test the wording. Sometimes right. changing your words and how you say something can make a huge difference in how people respond. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you one other thing that's a little bit different than, than the graphic stuff that we've been talking about, and that is about titles and keywords. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people have questions about when they're doing keyword research. For example, if you're using TubeBuddy or a similar tool, you can put in two words or three words and get a great result. And then you add one more word that makes sense going with those three words and you get a terrible result or the opposite way. You can, you can have a great result. You can take a word off and you think, okay, that's punchier. Um, how does, how does YouTube identify which are the three words that you meant to be the target within the longer phrase, and should you be aware of that fourth word that lowers your score, or it's just telling you that the three word that three word is magic, and the rest of it you can fill in any way you want to fill in? Well, using a tool like TubeBuddy, for example, it's using the data in your mm -hmm. channel. So when you sign up to TubeBuddy, you connect your YouTube channel to TubeBuddy, and it's using the data from your channel, it's using the data from YouTube, all the data that it's collected, and saying this particular keyword phrase is a good opportunity for mm -hmm. your channel. Now, sometimes the more words that you add, you've heard the phrase, you know, long-term key, uh, long-tail keywords, right? Right. The more you add, less people are searching for that Mm -hmm. But if you have a smaller channel, that might increase your ranking because there's less competition for that, right? Right, right. So for me, sometimes if I do like, you know, um, I'm trying to find an example here. If I leave out how to 
I might get a lower score. But if I type in how to do something, then the, the search volume goes up or, you know, my overall ranking goes or my overall possibility to rank will actually go up. So you, you have to play with that. It's kind of, you know, it's like looking at a Rubik's Cube. And you're constantly trying to figure out, do I right. add a word, do I remove some words? But at the end of the day, pick the ones that you want to run with. Pick a keyword phrase that you want to run with. It, it could be something that you, maybe you're trying to target search traffic if you have a newer channel or if you're trying to go for something more compelling, mm -hmm. uh, something more attention-grabbing. You can do that as well. But just pick, pick the one you're going to run with, make the best thumbnail that you can, and, and, and run with it. Right, right. Well, I mean, this is so great. All this, all this wonderful advice that you've provided today on the show. And you should check out these templates. Um, they, he's got six premium templates. He's got two free templates to get you started. They're customizable. And he's got great tutorials from Photopea or about Photopea that he created, which is a free browser-based tool that is kind of an easier to use and much cheaper Photoshop. I mean, there's, it's, there's so much you can do with it, but it's, it's right there. It's free. And if you follow these directions, um, anything else about Photopea and what people should, should look for when they, when they go in there to make their, their adjustments. Two things. One, I've reached out to them twice on Twitter, trying to get clarification on, is it Photopea or is it Photop? <laughs> and they have not responded. We're trying to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, this guy has just made tens of thousands of people, maybe hundreds of thousands, aware of your product. Maybe a tweet back wouldn't be the worst thing in the yeah, world. I I'm don't know. Ghosted. They're ghosting me, Ross. <laughs> yeah. They're ghosting me. Uh, the second thing is, I, I know a lot of StreamYard users are using Canva to make their overlays. Mm -hmm. And to my knowledge, you cannot save a transparent PNG image unless you have the upgraded version of Canva, I believe the, the pro level. The pro right. level does let you, yeah. Right. So if you need a transparent overlay, that's where you go to PhotoP or PhotoPia, however you want to say it. You can, for free, save a transparent PNG image. doesn't cost you a penny. You just triggered another question. Okay. Yeah, in that's the, what I do. With your, with your templates, you have backgrounds and you have overlays and they can be used sometimes with a very similar look how do you decide should i make this a background or should i make it an overlay when it's for instance something that's surrounding like our our two our two video windows in this layout because i think if i remember correctly and going through everything in edge you have both a background and an overlay for the two window. Is that correct? Yeah. So when you download the files, I break them down into folders between here's a folder of backgrounds for two cameras. Here's a <laughs> folder of backgrounds for a single camera. Here's a set of overlays. Here are, right, I break it down so it makes more sense for the files in those folders should be used as an overlay or should be used as a background. What you need to think about is what are you trying to do with your stream? For example, the template that you're using right now this should be the easiest way to do this, and I believe it is. It would all be a background, mm -hmm. right? These The boxes that are going around the, the screen here, those are flat, and they're mm -hmm. creating a border around the background. What that frees you up to do now is use an overlay to put something else on top. So if you wanted to add or remove text while you're keeping the same background, you could have multiple text layers built up on overlays or other images that you want to show, 
and just be clicking through your overlays and it's going to change what shows up on your screen with exactly like this without interrupting what's happening in the background. So you need to kind of think through what, right. what you want to put on your screen. That's great. Dean Nimmin, his channel is youtube.com slash Dean He creates content for StreamYard so you can find him going live and creating videos on the StreamYard YouTube channel. So go ahead and subscribe to catch more of Dean Nimmin. And his streamer templates are available to help you look good on StreamYard. Go to LivestreamUniverse.com slash templates, LivestreamUniverse.com slash templates, and check them out. Make use of them for your broadcast and definitely stand out on live video. Uh, it, it's really a terrific offering to move the community along and, and get everybody looking a little bit more unique and a little bit more professional in how they go about presenting themselves on YouTube and on Facebook and the other live streaming channels. So thanks so much, Dee. It's always great having you on. Uh, I think you've been a guest more than anybody else. We love having you on. And Ross, thank you. Thank keep you up the Keep back. up thank the great you. work, man. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. That is Dean Nimmin. Definitely check out his templates. Again, livestreamuniverse.com slash templates. Let's move into the remix. We had a tremendous guest last week. Hall of Fame podcaster Dave Jackson was with us, and he told the story. Uh, he was talking about his book, Profit From Your Podcast, and he told the story of how having a podcast and being active in the podcasting community in a well regarded, highly regarded podcaster, led him to getting a job with Listen. I literally got let go and I'd been podcasting for 10 years and I could see where, you know, teaching Microsoft Office was had, had seen its heyday. And I was like, well, this podcasting thing is going up. And I had the school of podcasting and I was going to, I at one point I did that full time. And then my wife at the time was like, we need health benefits. And I was like, okay. So that's when I went back into getting a teaching job. And uh, so that teaching got, job was gone. And I was like, well, where could I work that I would be uh, okay looking at my friends and saying, this is where you want to, you know, do your podcasting stuff. And that was Libsyn. So yeah. I knew the, um, the vice president. I'd actually done a podcast with him many, many, many moons ago. And uh, I just called him up and I said, this could be a really awkward conversation. He's like, oh, all right, I'll play. What's up? And I go, well, the bad news is I just lost my job. And he goes, and the good news is, and I go, I'm available to work for you, buddy. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, well, I, I would say I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm not. I'm like, what are you doing the rest of the day? And I go, laundry? Literally, I just lost my job. And so it took about two weeks to get the, they're based out of Pittsburgh. I'm in uh, Akron, Ohio. And once we figured out the the taxes and the paperwork, so I now work from home for Libsyn doing tech support. I used to have to take all my vacation days to go to things like Podcast Movement and PodFest and right. things like that. And now I go there for free on Libsyn's dime. Now, granted, I have to stand behind a booth for half the day, but that's fine by me because all the good stuff happens at night when you're doing all the networking. Yeah, so catch the full show on the StreamYard YouTube channel. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. It's great to see uh, Nick Nitman, of course, in the chat. He's brother. Um, I see so many different uh, just great YouTubers. I see Eileen Smith is here. I see James Pruitt is here. Mia Perez is watching on Facebook. Beauty Bubble is here in the YouTube chat. 
White Noise Studio. Great to see you. Uh, thanks, everybody, for coming out. If I didn't mention you, just know that I really appreciate you being here and supporting the show and supporting D with his streamer templates. And let's show you one more time. Uh, let's get back over here. Yeah, as I, as I walk you through the process in a very mechanical fashion, we will share the screen again. And here it is. There they are, the streamer templates from Dean Nimmin, customizable StreamYard overlays and backgrounds. You can get them at LivestreamUniverse.com slash templates. And don't forget, we have, there's Dean Nimmin, we have shows. We have other shows as well. Sunday night, we have the StreamYard Town Hall. Tuesdays and Thursdays at night, 8 p.m. Eastern, you can catch Dana Benz on her two shows, Two Cents with Benz. And the StreamYard Spotlight, so that's tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern is the next one. Again, Sunday night is the Town Hall, 9 p.m. Eastern. Gage and Dan, the co-founders, take your questions about StreamYard. A lot of times they have announcements of new features and other news relating to StreamYard that they roll out. And, of course, as we mentioned earlier, Nick Nimmin will be going live on the last Tuesday of every month, so look for that on the StreamYard channel, and don't forget to come back and join us next week, Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be talking about remote producing a live stream. Maybe that's something you want to do in your business. Maybe it's something you do yourself for your own broadcasts or for somebody else's broadcasts, or maybe you're working with a producer. We're going to talk to somebody who does that professionally and get his insights into how you can be a really effective producer and how you can effectively work with producers as your broadcast team grows. So join us again next week for StreamYard Connect. In the meanwhile, thank you to Dean Nimmin. Great having you here. And check out his streamer templates at LivestreamUniverse.com slash templates. Take care, everybody.